1: So sit down, grab a drink, and find us on Instagram and Twitter so we can chat. Well, hey,
0: Hillary, Happy New
1: Year. Happy New Year. It's 2020. I can't even believe it. Can you be- Shouldn't I- we have flying cars and stuff by now? According to the Jetsons, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Happy New Year. We haven't been here in a while. It's this been is our uh, first
0: new episode of the new year.
1: Yes, it is. And, and- uh, I... I would oh. like to introduce our podcast buddy tonight, my little brother Jeremy.
2: Hello. Hi. Oh,
1: we're so he's, glad to have
2: you. He's hailing I'm sorry, from, did The Jetsons take place in 2020?
1: Something like what
2: that. What year was The Jetsons? We'll find in the out real quick.
1: 70 1970s that. or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: think it was the 1970s.
0: What year was that? I feel the like justice? that's really important information. The implication of the Jetsons, by the way, is the world
2: exploded, right? That's, there's no Earth anymore.
0: So the Jetsons I- took place in 2062. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we got time.
1: That makes so much more sense now.
0: Hang on, folks. We just have 42 more years.
1: Yeah, we'll get and there. We'll have our
0: flying cars. I'm yep. looking forward to it. So some of you that have been listening to all of our episodes may remember an app that we had a really hard time recording and had to re-record. Was that Unforgettable Fire? It was. Jeremy yeah. joined us originally for that, and it, like, just had to be redone. It, no fault of Jeremy's. <laughs> just, yeah. just like the Unforgettable Fire, right? Just, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a, it was a very hard episode. So we are glad to have you back, Jeremy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks
2: for having me back. I'm and, excited and where, to be and here. Where are I'm using you? All my technology.
1: Where are you uh, joining us from?
2: I'm joining you from sunny Washington, D.C., in the Columbia Heights neighborhood, in a room that was set up to be an office but will shortly be a nursery. So I got to take all this stuff apart soon. Oh, uh, that's very but, exciting. Uh, D.C. is great these days, you know, just like on TV.
1: <laughs>
0: Cheers to that. Yeah. And what are you drinking in D.C. tonight?
2: Oh, I'm drinking just some good old fashioned uh, Dickel rye. Uh, we have uh, Drizzly. Do you guys have Drizzly where you're at? Not Drizzly's that I a website know of. You put together a booze order and someone brings it to your house in an hour. We, yes, don't,
1: we don't have that in Virginia, for sure. Oh, I
2: guess Virginia can't do that.
1: No, you can't do any of that in Virginia. Yeah. I have never heard of such a thing. I will look it up, just in case.
0: The, I, think it's I like mean, it's,
1: total, it's totally cool for us to have, you know, clan rallies and stuff, but we can't have uh, <laughs> <no> booths, <laughs> alcohol delivered. Right? Yeah,
2: well, the risk of getting uh, being too political, though, we got some people living in this town that ain't so great either, so <laughs> <laughs> we got to deal with them, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, political's okay. We approve. When you go to Garden Tart Amanda's house for her husband's birthday, you get to do a shot called the Dickle Pickle. Ooh.
2: Ew. Is that yeah. dickle with pickle juice in it? Yes. Oh, God, that. Stop. I've never had that before, but sign me up.
0: They really love it. I haven't had it yet, but one year I will. And this year they did they did the Dickle Pickled Herring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a dickle pickle they herring.
0: They were pickle herring.
1: herring juice. Oh yeah, like pickled herring. Got it. And everyone like instantly was like, that was the worst idea I've ever had in my whole entire life. That <laughs>
0: yeah, sounds
1: they're... so disgusting. Oh, so when right. I
0: think it, when I hear pickle rye, I, the only thing I can think of is Armanda and Steve.
2: There's yeah. a used to be a restaurant in DC that is uh, no more, yes. um, but they used to have a. Uh, a pickled herring martini. In the restaurant, I used to live right around the corner. I used to go there a lot, and I would order that <laughs> a lot, expecting to like it, and I never liked it. It was terrible.
1: I, um, none God, of that surprised Yeah. I, don't know.
2: Though, I, won't, I won't go into more detail about what was in it, but it was gross.
1: <laughs> I remember, though, Jeremy, when, when we were little and we went to the synagogue, we went to Shul, and the little old men would, before kiddish before the after services little lunch they would go into the locker rooms and get their booze and do shots before we went in
2: (laughs) no i did not i do not remember that
1: oh you don't remember that at all god you're so young
2: (laughs) I wish I did. I can picture all of them doing it, but I do not recall that. All
1: the little old men would go in there and in their lockers. Yeah, they probably <laughs>
2: had schnapps.
1: <They> did. <laughs> was it Dick a lot, Rye? <laughs> a lot of them did, but I'm just saying they could have multitasked that with the herring that was yeah, there. Oh. That's where I, I was going with that. all of that. They did have schnapps. Pe- yeah, peppermint sure schnapps. schnapps. That Ugh. was like... But I, re- I remember Papa going in there and... Uh, Oh, man, I wish I could
2: have done that. But, I mean, not when I was, you know, eight, like as a (laughs) grown-up.
1: I remember that. They had those lockers, and they had the little paper cups, like the kiddish (laughs) for wine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like the little bathroom cups (laughs) for
2: water, you know? Right, like for, like, mouthwash.
1: For, like, mouthwash. Which is essentially
2: what schnapps is, is is, um, mouthwash.
0: So no, essentially, I mean, we should all come to your synagogue.
1: We don't have that anymore. Yeah, it's all
0: all those should... people are dead now.
1: No, all those people, all those people are dead now. Yes.
0: Oh, and the, the tradition did not carry
1: on. No.
0: no. I'm gonna bring it back though. Let's
1: yeah. Bring it back. But we'll then that would mean we have to actually go to the synagogue, which... so that means we have to go to step synagogue. One, to
2: bring it back.
1: Tradition. Step one. Jenny. A
0: star tradition. Step. show up (laughs) in
1: what's (laughs) B so Jenny and I actually had a drinking adventure after going to temple for Shabbat on in Dublin we went and had Irish coffee after nice that was our kiddush that was our after services lunch I didn't say the blessing on it though I think it was implied it It was was implied. implied Yeah, yeah, you're in sure.
2: Ireland, so everything has a
0: blessing on it there already. It's already it's there. Yeah, yeah. We've all been blessed yeah. by yeah. some form or another. Yeah. So Hillary, what are you drinking in Virginia? I am drinking Screwball peanut butter whiskey again. What a surprise! I'm I'm also drinking Screwball peanut butter whiskey, and I thought I had enough for this episode, and now it's almost done. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here, I can form me some.
1: I can oh, pour I wish some work. that Does anyone
2: have any pickle juice? Can you text me some pickle juice to go with my dickle? (laughs) (laughs) Is that how the internet works?
0: Don't make me spit out my (laughs) screwball. But anyway, we were going to come back at 2020 going strong with our Rattle and Hum episode. And Jeremy said, but what if I want to interview you all? I don't know if that's how it went, but that's how it went in my mind. Close enough. And so we said, okay,
1: let's start with that. We're also, I am slightly avoiding Rattle and (laughs) Hump. I keep listening (laughs) to it. It's going to be so hard. I don't want to do it. Can we just skip on through? Rattle is the one that they made
2: the movie of, right, the the black and white movie? Yeah. That's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time.
0: It's going to be, it's just, I think. The episode is going to be fun to make. It's just a lot of work getting there.
1: It's a whole yeah. lot. Of, you should see that workbook. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that time a in the 90s where every everybody episode. was making
2: black and white documentaries? Like Madonna had one? Is that you it? Too, you, though, beat
1: you two beat Madonna by a lot, though. Oh. Yeah. Maybe um. not a lot, but a handful of
0: years. We'll get to it. We're going to hunker down and get it done. Yeah. Because... I'm just intimidated by the amount of work because it's the album and the movie. But we'll be fine.
1: Yeah.
2: You'll be fine.
0: We'll just pretend it's New Year's Eve and we'll just laugh at it. (laughs) And my kids will say, why are you making fun of people so much?
1: Yes. So this is a story, Jeremy, and everyone else who's listening. I often go to Cleveland for New Year's. Our tradition is to watch Rattle and Hum, and, you know, it's pretty dated and their hair and outfits and stuff are, are a little interesting. So one year <laughs> after we'd had some drinks and watched some Rattle and Hum, and we were like, you know, oh, what is he wearing? And
0: we were really bad.
1: We were mean. We were and, really mean. And Jenny's daughter, Grace, asked us why we were so mean. And we just all, like, froze for a second, like, Oh, crap. We really are mean. And that's why we have this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. so we have a forum for her. Uh, <laughs> A child free forum
2: where you can be mean to <laughs> so your favorite so band. We work
0: so yes. hard, I work so hard <laughs> to, not, to not nitpick people in front of our kids. Like, it's, you know, people can wear what they want and look how they want to look and this and this and that. And you shouldn't. Judge or critique or any of this or that, and yeah, we 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 were not kind. No, oh but when, when you
1: when you work hard to look that bad, come on. <laughs> but <what year laughs> did but that the kids come out, don't though? know that. The kids
0: don't get it.
1: Yeah.
2: No. What year did that movie come out?
1: 1989. Every they
2: were they were the best looking people in 1989. 1988? Everybody was terrible, including all three of us in 1989.
1: I did not. I'll show no? you a picture. I've seen I pictures of you.
2: You, you looked older then than you do now.
1: I know. I did. I tried. <laughs> I've been told that that like was, I look way
0: younger now than I ever did. It
1: was also when I had my old nose. <laughs> I did not have a nose job. I have no idea what happened to my Your nose. Your nose just completely changed. It just changed. Yeah. yeah I had Are you my sure old you nose. didn't have a nose
2: job? I wouldn't I, have remembered.
1: I didn't. Okay. I would tell you, I wouldn't be ashamed of that whatsoever.
2: Okay. Shall Shall I ask the first question?
1: Yes, please. Yeah, we'll dive right in.
2: All right. I, you know, this is probably a story I should know at least for Hillary, because I'm sure I was there, but I don't remember. If If each of you could take a turn, maybe uh, recounting your journey as a U2 fan, although it'd be interesting also to hear your journey as journey fans, but that's for another day. Uh, But if you could recount (laughs) your journey journey as a U2 fan, like when, when did you first hear them and what, what was that like? Like what was, when did that spark happen? That this is the, everybody has a band that they're a fan of. When did this happen that this was your
0: band?
1: Um, Well, let me just say before we get into that, it was a musical journey.
0: It was a musical journey.
1: A musical journey.
0: <laughs> it still is a musical journey.
1: It's still a musical journey. <laughs> we get to reuse that on Rattle I, I wish shows? they hadn't buried him in the backyard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what's happening
1: right now. No, it's okay. okay. We'll, <laughs> it. no we'll get to this me. in the next episode. We'll we'll revisit all of this. So just if listen. I do funny hand gestures, will you understand what that's from? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like we have podcasts
2: our... longer than me but i'm pretty sure hand gestures don't work in podcasts either i
0: know but the people listening will get that yeah okay. <laughs> at least that's what you said it was going to be
1: about <laughs> okay hillary you answer first okay i kind of thought about this i had to dig a little deep for this because my journey hasn't been into- wasn't entirely a smooth one i think that i must have heard sunny blaze sunday and pride and i must have heard that before live aid but my first like when you two first came on my radar was at live aid which you know i we talked about before but it was a day that definitely changed my life and not necessarily because of you two it was just the day you know and the performances so i mean that was that was my first the first time i remember There was a U2. But then I was going to school one day, and there were a bunch of kids in the back of my bus singing bad. And I didn't know what it was. But it was just the lyrics kind of... And they were singing, and it wasn't like they were playing it or anything. Oh, funny. I'm like, that's kind of interesting. And seriously, within a few days of that is when the Joshua Tree dropped. And... Everybody was, you know, my age at least was very aware of uh of that. But in terms of in terms of my journey, I mean, I was just a musically obsessed kid. I mean, would you say that Jeremy?
2: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: I mean, I anything that came on the radio, I could tell you what it was. And I could tell you yeah. the song, who sang it, and the lyrics and probably what it was about or some origin of something. I mean, I It was absolutely my obsession. I really am not sure that the fact that I became, you know, a diehard U2 fan, I think that it wasn't necessarily, it was almost like they chose me uh, more than I chose them them just because of the time because of when they came out like you know what the audience they were were looking for I guess I was that at the at the right time right Um, I don't think that like I discovered like you know that I had any longevity I mean I had posters and everything but I don't think I discovered that I had longevity to be a lifelong fan until Ah Octong Baby came out I do remember though Jeremy we went to Charlottesville not very not long after just family weekend not long after Joshua Tree came out and you and Will went in little Will and Jeremy went into the used bookstore behind Minters in Charlottesville and got me this little picture book of boy which I still have it.
2: Wow. That's I so also have a recollection of that. I
1: wouldn't think you would remember that, but it was like you got it and then you gave it to me for my birthday or something, but it wasn't near my birthday, but you guys gave it to me then anyway. I don't know. Oh, I've, so I have cute. a really good memory of that for some reason. I know the book, I look, can see the bookstore and everything. I,
2: weirdly enough, I can remember that bookstore. Uh, I can picture it really clearly but I don't remember the book. I don't remember a lot from when I was a little kid for some reason. I wanna add one more thing to that and then I'm interested in what Jenny's gonna to say too. But considering the number of people that watched Live Aid on TV, every one of those people had some kind of experience from that. I mean, no one could have watched that and not have been changed in some way. And that's just one of those pop culture moments that I think affects all of us today in ways that are hard to, to describe.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think about it, and I mean, I definitely remember U2 from that day. But I mean, what, what I take home from that, what I took home that day wasn't U2. It was Ding with Dire Straits. It was Queen, obviously. I was aware that there was a U2, and I remember that being a, a big performance. But that's not my huge memory of uh, of that day. Also, I watched it, Jeremy, in the den, in the brown bean back chair.
2: Uh, yeah, that's how long ago that was. That beanbag yeah. chair, R.I.P. Right. It,
1: <laughs>
2: it well,
1: gone. it was way gone, but it also didn't it melt.
2: <laughs> it <laughs> I just melt. remember there being beans everywhere.
1: Yeah, it was. We got it too close to the heater or something, oh. and it.
2: <laughs> it was dangerously close to that radiator. <laughs> it,
1: was, <laughs> it Was. Dangerous. It was a RIP brown bean leather beanbag brown vinyl beanbag chair (laughs)
2: yeah okay thank you that that i i vaguely remember some of those things jenny what um what was what's what was your journey
0: funny enough like you asked when we would first hear them but i have a snapshot that's in my mind that i just never ever forgot was in middle school So I don't know if it was seventh or eighth grade. It would have been the late 80s. And I remember standing behind my friend Sarah and she was getting stuff out of her locker. And in her hand was a Joshua Tree cassette. For some reason, I saw it and I became instantly aware that I did not know what was going on in the current music world. Because my father had taught me that the only band that mattered was Huey Lewis and the News. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> with a side of the Jake giles band and some beach boys like and it turns out he had this huge eclectic amazing taste in music but like hugh lewis is his bono <laughs> <laughs> which that's i just love it, so much that's worthy i think it's i think it's okay but this is like this has stuck with me forever i can see it happen. i know it's we, our middle school was in this weird old house. It used to be a mansion that they turned into a middle school. Oh and so lockers.
2: Are you, are you one of the X-Men?
0: Yeah. And it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly it. why they all show you my uniform? But our lockers were on like weird landings and stuff. Like I can picture exactly where we were, what was happening in that moment. But, and I was saving this story for our Oxen Baby episode, but I'll tell it now too. We're in high school. So I don't know if I was a freshman or a sophomore. So I don't know if it was like 91 or 92. But me and a group of friends, we used to meet at this radiator every morning. And we would sit there and we'd chat before we went to class. And my friends Ashley and Allie came to me and they're like, Jenny, you got to get this new album and go straight to number three. Just go straight to number three. That's all it is. And then that's it. That's going to be it for you. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So like... The next day or two, I went to the record store and I bought Octum Baby and I put it in my stereo and I sat down on my desk to do homework. And Bono talks about this. He has this quote that he goes on about. But this is literally my experience. I didn't hear him say this until after my experience. Zoo Station came on and I went and I reset my stereo. I checked my speaker connection. Like, everything. I thought something was broken. I checked <laughs> the CD to make sure there weren't any scratches. <laughs> but he talks about that. He's like, when people heard your station, they check to make sure their speakers were okay. <laughs> and I'm like, you got that from me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's some... no
0: joke. It was crazy. The song they were talking about, of course, was one.
2: Yeah. And I
0: needed to hear one. That's
2: which a was great number song.
0: Three. But but something happened and a lot like Hillary, I wasn't, we listened to the radio a lot. And so I knew a lot of stuff. I was familiar with a lot of stuff, but my parents had a, a ticket subscription to our local amphitheater and the shows my mom didn't want to go to. My dad would take me or if my mom was unavailable, my dad would take me. So we saw Hart a few times and Don Henley and he would take me to see Sting and I'd go see Steve Miller and I don't even remember who else, but I would love those concerts so much that I would then go buy all their CDs, like everything I could get. And I would kind of hits and stuff that I liked, but as a catalog, nothing stuck. I would own and I wouldn't buy all of them, but I'd buy like two, three. So I was interested in learning more. Like when I heard found a band that I liked, I wanted to hear more. So I guess that happened with you too, too. Yeah. <laughs> But Huge I don't remember well. much after, after here in Zoo Station, man, I don't, I don't remember much after that moment.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I recently rediscovered Achtung Baby, and that album is amazing all the way through. And I remember, I, that might have been one of my first U2 memories is when that album came out and Hillary was listening to it a lot. And for whatever reason, I hated it.
0: Was it because she listened to it a lot?
2: Yeah, probably. probably. My sister
0: wanted to kill me. Yeah. Because it was but, all uh, I have uh, on the card. I
2: my assessment of that particular album.
0: It's an amazing album. I look forward to that episode very, very, very much.
1: I know that's why I really want to just skip over Rattle and Hum, but yeah. we can't. Yeah, we, sure. we owe our listeners uh, the complete catalog.
2: So the, the follow-up question I have for this is, when you look at the late seventies and the early eighties and you look specifically at the British Islands, and there's so many amazing bands, and there's so much culture changing music coming out of that place in that time, why is it that you think u two is the band for you for that out of out of everybody else? Or, you know, maybe in and an additional question, if there's like a, a second place for a band coming from that part of the world in, in that time period?
1: I can answer that. Let me just say before you two, I was already committed to the region. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I was already in that region, in that area of the world before you two came into my life. And that was because of the police, but also Culture Club and Wham and Duran Duran. And I mean, these were. The Arrhythmics and David Bowie; those were staples in my life before you two came to me. I mean, especially the Police. That was my. Yes, yeah, Sting was my first. It was the yeah. first artist
0: I traveled to see. The first, the first artist who I kept buying more CDs because I couldn't get enough.
1: Right, right. And, and then I, that
0: translated to the Police.
1: This is kind of a interesting my my little journey with the Police. You know, I don't have an older sibling. And I mean, my parents just listen to folk music. So, and I have older cousins, but I mean, they're great people, but they were into, you know, Foreigner and Def Leppard and, and I mean, nothing bad, Rush and stuff, but it just wasn't my. Wasn't your jam. (laughs) It wasn't my jam. And my oldest, my oldest cousin, Shelly, actually got into the police she was into the police and that's where I got the police from which is really interesting because would you think that that Jeremy would you think that's where my music origin came from
2: <laughs> I didn't know that you got into the police from Shelly no but I'm not surprised by that
1: yeah it was definitely Shelly and I was little I mean I was I was very young when 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 I discovered them i don't know back to why this band and again i said it before but i felt like i really honestly felt like they picked me it wasn't literally have that written down
0: i don't know if you can see it i know they can't yeah i said i didn't choose them they chose me
1: they chose me but and never let go (laughs) But i mean right in terms of their journey though they the joshua tree i mean they wanted a departure from college radio. I mean, that's what they were. They were, you know, this band that fought being punk and somehow got stuck in the college radio rut. You know, I mean, though I listen to it now and, you know, I don't think of the job, it doesn't sound like a pop album today, but it was a pop album and it was intended to be a pop album when Joshua Tree came out. And so, like, you know, you want to get mainstream. You want that departure from college radio. Where do you turn? And that's to teenagers. And right. I literally was at the right place at the right time. And, uh, I mean, all of my friends at the time, they were all anybody ever anyone listened to was the Joshua Tree. I don't think I knew that it was going to stick until Octoon Baby came out, but that also was because of the internet. You know, yeah. and when when that came around and I realized that I guess got woke. Can I say that? <laughs> I guess so. Am I too old to say it? I got woke. <laughs> Not um, if it's suited. <laughs> right. I wanted moody, deep music and lyrics and the jazz should just fit in, but again, I don't think that I actually allowed that to kind of take off until Octagon Baby when I knew that I wasn't the only crazy U two fan out there. Because it was during
0: Octom Baby that
1: that we, we found a community online. Yes. To talk to. Mm,
2: man. Yeah. The internet, you know.
1: Well, no, that was before we, the internet
0: was the internet.
1: It was we just had Prodigy.
0: <laughs> there was no www's. No. Yeah, I didn't know that. So
2: Oxong Baby was coming out around the time that most that people were able to get internet connections in their house.
1: Yeah, I mean, it obviously it was dial up, but we didn't. I didn't have like a web browser. We had Prodigy, and they had yeah. bulletin boards, yeah. and That's you could AOL, yeah. So the bulletin boards or AOL had their chat groups and stuff. That's how I met Jenny. Yep. Jeez. In 1992.
2: On the internet.
0: We met on. We don't want to give away too much of our origin story. But we met on the YouTube message boards talking about Sting and Passover service.
1: Yes. The YouTube BBs.
0: <laughs> the BBs. The BB. So, what was the have... board for you young people.
1: Full <laughs>
0: the
2: I, I only vaguely remember that, and I'm not that young.
0: Yeah, you um, had to subscribe to a service, and you only got what was contained in that service. You couldn't search the web. Yeah.
1: You, and the, and dial-up, which, there good was
0: lord,
1: no dial-up was just, how did we even live like that? I don't know, but I would try and check my mail before
0: I went to school, and you couldn't hide it, because it was like, <laughs> <laughs> Did it really have to make that noise? Um, online again!
1: <laughs>
2: what about you, Jenny? Were there any other bands coming out of that part of the world in those times that spoke to you or, or speak to you now?
0: I mean, now, I mean, I certainly, because of U2, I started to learn about other bands. I remember really diving into, like, Hothouse Flowers, who I really loved for a long time, and I should actually, I should look them back up. I went to see them in concert, and they are really great. They're another Irish band, but I I was really, like, headstrong with that U2 man, and, like, everything I had was from my dad, so, and I remember him having the Synchronicity CD and just the shows he took me to and stuff so i was not already over in the british and irish Isles. other i mean of course sting and the police but i wasn't aware of geography
1: yeah yeah for some reason with me that was always i mean i can't can't really think of that many american bands that i really dug back then like i literally i really was Regional. Yeah, and I remember going
0: to a birthday you... party, and the birthday, and the favor was we each got a cassette tape, and we got to pick the one we wanted. And I didn't know any of them, and so the one I picked up was Wham. Huh. And I had no idea. Like this was just not. I had no one to give me that influence.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that said, I, I mean, most of this I discovered. I didn't get Wham from anybody else in our family. That was just me. That was. I discovered, and it was just, I listened to the radio all the time. So my, I don't know if I maybe mentioned it when we did our Joshua Tree app, but the way I got my Joshua Tree cassette was that our father had a Columbia House subscription. And so every so often he'd let me get a cassette. And I actually think that Joshua Tree came from him not returning the card, (laughs) <laughs> oh, and it just and came. It, it just, just showed automatically up. showed up. That was, I mean, I definitely not my taste, but my passion for music I definitely got from our dad. I mean, yeah. I, mean I dove deep into the Seattle scene.
0: I mean, the I, mid to late. So all my Columbia House and whatever stuff was all Seattle bands. Yeah. Well, uh, by then I was.
1: <laughs> by then I was on my own with getting my. I had my own Columbia house in well, the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. I had I I could get my dad to get me stuff. He had a I mean he was all into Columbia. I mean he what a cool deal that was. I know right yeah. especially I- if you.
2: I, I'd share with you guys what I did with Columbia House when I was in college, but I'm worried about uh, being prosecuted for mail fraud, so I'm not gonna
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna look. share the
2: details. But most of my digital music library today is still from CDs that I got through Columbia House. Nice. <laughs> oh, really? Late 90s, very early 2000s.
1: Somewhere there is a box of empty cassette cases in this house. Not cassette. CD cases. <laughs> there's no CDs in them. <laughs> there's, like, I have no idea what the heck. And they're not mine. Because there's, like, what was that band? That Dog or something you liked? Oh, yeah,
2: that's mine. They're all empty. Yeah,
1: no, I think all most of them
2: have CDs in it. That Dog was great.
1: Well, I, for some reason... What a that's great in band
2: the, name. Uh, i this house
0: all the time. That Dog, Your Dog, My Dog. It's Mostly <laughs> it's Your <a> Dog. dog. <laughs> that Dog.
2: Okay, so the next question, there aren't a lot of bands that have been around. You 2 has been a, a functioning band for, what, 40, 40 years now?
0: 40-plus years, yeah.
2: 40-plus years. There are very few bands that have been around for that long a time that are A, still together, and B, still successfully tour. And when you two tours and they have very successful tours, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're generally playing a lot of new content. Like they'll release a new album and tour on that album and make a mountain of money.
0: Yeah, the Joshua Tree tour was the biggest the big exception.
2: Yeah.
1: The
0: the only exception.
2: The only exception. How, well, no how because that, how is that possible? How is you two able to do that is the question that I have. What, well, what about them has made them not just persist, but thrived in a way? You know, the the Rolling Stones still go yeah. on tour, but they're they're not playing an awful lot of new stuff.
0: I was say, like, do they have new music?
2: They had an album out in 2016. I looked it up for this very question.
0: Okay, because I I made a note to look, and then I didn't. So I think
1: that I can give you my answer, and I can give you what I think would be Bono's answer to that in his words. <laughs> <laughs> I can channel I think Bonner's answer would be that they stay semi relevant because they just keep reinventing themselves they keep dreaming it up again though I believe that I, I don't entirely think that I don't think they are relevant I think it's they have to be one of the best live bands ever
2: you, um, you think it's it's the show that does it it's not even it's the, the show it's the show
1: yeah, it's the show and I think oh. that you know, people go because they want to hear Streets. They want to hear Pride and Beautiful Day or whatever. And I think that's what keeps them, it's the it's the concert. You know, I mean, it, the history of rock and roll was built on concerts were there to promote album sales. You know, you 2 kind of broke that mold. Yeah. Not really. I think The Grateful Dead broke that mold. But I mean, you two have continued that, that there aren't album sales anymore. I mean, they got to make their money right. off touring and, and merchandise and stuff. I love their, I mean, I love their new music. I mean, their, their last album was one of, my, you know, my top three U2 albums ever. But I don't think their new music keeps them relevant. I think it's touring that keeps them alive. So that's just my, that's my opinion. But, you know, I have a friend that, he went to the last tour in in DC he said it was one of the best shows he'd ever seen and he did not know one song off wow. the new album hmm. and the so
0: technology that's... is just absolutely amazing i was scrolling through facebook today and i read a headline that i saved to read and i haven't yet but the headline was that small clubs concerts in small clubs is what keeps the music industry going and YouTube will go on and on. Bono will go on and on about how the bigger they get, the harder they work through technology to keep the the arena small, to make yeah. everyone feel like they're in a small club. And they must make it work because people keep
1: coming back.
2: Yeah. And Even people century. not
1: in the front row, they keep coming back. So that was my, I'm like, it always feels like that to me, but, <laughs> but it is, but we're right there. Yeah, I mean, there's no one in front of me and there's no one else. I mean, I don't
0: get to see a lot of big concerts nowadays. Not in necessarily arenas and stadiums. I think the technology is unmatched.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The, the the props and the stuff they use, like the screen for the Josh Retreat tour, which apparently each leg got higher and higher in resolution, and the barricade on the E and I and I and E tour, like no one else is doing that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think that a lot of people are trying to go backwards to that bare bones thing where you don't have to. Well, like and YouTube tries right. to get to the
0: bare bones by using everything. Right. The bare bones feeling
1: by using by using a lot of everything. technology. Yeah.
0: But if if YouTube
2: decided for whatever reason to do a tour of three hundred capacity venues, they would they'd also make a killing at that, I'm assuming. Yes. Without yeah. Oh,
1: hell yeah. 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 I mean, people will go... I'd go see them play Trash Dump. <laughs> <I'd> prefer, <laughs> I might prefer to. Right? <laughs> I mean, I think that would be awesome for them. Jeremy, if they did a concert at Mount Trashmore...
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd go. That'd be fun.
1: Wouldn't that be the best thing ever? <laughs>
2: Here's a question that I just thought of, though. Do you get a sense from what you know about these guys specifically that any of them are particularly tech savvy? Because you're right. they What they reinvent is the technology that like they continue them, yeah. to use more and more advanced technology to put on a bigger show.
1: So I think that and I think I probably speak for everyone when I say this, that Edge is tech savvy. Yeah, yeah. has. The imagination, like he he can dream that big, and Edge can harness it. I don't think it's I think it's Willie Williams.
0: Well, so Bono says there's there's this story he tells or someone tells that he's at a dining room table and he has spoons and And he's like creating something, and he's like Willie Willie we need to make this and it turned into the claw from 360.
1: 360.
0: So Bono's the one he just draws shit
1: he has the imagination and their team
2: does it yeah Hmm. i you know that that's interesting it didn't occur to me that the key to all of that is the technology is very high tech performance they're doing
0: and they're constantly ahead of the grade and i mean there's articles and articles about this but they're constantly and then people catch up and then they're yeah they have to right and then they're they get ahead again
1: I went with Will and Jeremy, our other brother Will, to see you two at FedEx in Maryland. And uh, when we came down the stairs, Will was like, Oh my God. And I'm thinking he see- sees the rail spot that I see. <laughs> this is what's going through my with head. I'm like, There's Josh, a rail see? spot right there. Like, when he was, Oh my God, what he was freaking out over was the stage and the screen and everything and to me i'm just like this was joshua tree right yeah well i had already seen oh yeah but i just wanted to shows or something right so i mean to me absolutely it was joshua tree with a giant joshua tree screen but this is what will sees and i see that we are not early by any means and there's a rail spot exactly where i would like for it to be so we had two totally different oh my god moments every time i saw
0: that every time i saw that stage i just gasped and then i looked for the rails and died
2: (laughs) on a similar note can each of you share your first u two live experience
1: story i went to see you two On uh, March 7th, 1992, at the Hampton Coliseum for the Zoo TV tour. And it was everything I had dreamed of of it being. I mean, I was way up in the rafters, but it was at the Hampton Coliseum, which is pretty small anyway. So It was indoor, right? Indoor. It was the third show of the tour. I wouldn't have known this at the time, but I'm sure it was crap. Yeah, probably. I just had nothing to compare it to. And again, <laughs> they could have been, you know, doing nothing, and I would have been freaking out just because I was in the room. Right.
2: Oh, you know, that's not the that couldn't be the worst show you've ever been to at the Hampton Coliseum because you went to my high school graduation there, and that. Was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's definitely not the worst show I've seen at the. Though I've seen some good shows there, it's definitely not the worst show. No, it's definitely the best show I've seen at the Hampton Coliseum. I, my first show
0: was the opening night of Pop Mart in Las Vegas, which oh. was April 1997. And I don't have, I honestly don't have a lot of memories from it. It was just like. This bl- Just I, just this big blur. I have these little snapshots. I have a very good friend who lives out in L.A. And I had met her online. And she, she, was, she was just feeding me the juice, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, and she's like, come to the show. Come to the show. Fly into L.A. We'll go together. And I was in college. And I remember asking my parents if they would maybe help fund this a little bit. And my dad made me a deal. And he said... I will help you with your plane ticket if you do one thing. And I was like, "That what's that? He's like, you have to read Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> Which ended up being just like the highlight of my life. Like, like what an amazing book. So he, he really just wanted to get that in me. So thank you, yeah. But That's I a went and I remember it turns out that Hillary and I, we were not far from each other. We were yeah. maybe 20 years apart, I bet. We did not... I don't we did not know each other was there I mean this was pre cell phone no, I
1: knew we were there I remember there walking no to, around just yelling like Jenny there's no I, way
0: to get in touch there
1: no but I remember
0: but we had no idea what to expect and I remember it was obvious the band was coming out and we were like two seats from the aisle the Bono came down or the band came down and I was like what the fuck <laughs> I remember them messing up some stuff <laughs> and things that didn't come back, but I don't have a lot of memories from the show otherwise. It was so, just like such a surreal moment.
1: My memory, I'm like that with the show at the Hampton Coliseum, that Las Vegas show. I like, I have saved each and every little memory of everything that happened. At that show, like, I could tell you every bit of, Yeah. I I mean, that show was, it was so awful. Um, I can tell you, I can't tell you about the
0: first time I heard Streets Live, because I apparently died.
1: Yeah, I think (laughs) I died. But I I can tell
0: you about the first time I heard Do You Feel Love Live, because it sucked.
1: (laughs) Staring (laughs) at the sun, jeez, man. I don't remember, I just remember Do You Feel Love. I was like, this, They did they practice this? Right. I know they did because we spent two days listening to the rehearsals out in a parking lot in the desert, which was the coolest thing ever. But then, whatever they did rehearsing, they did not do that live. They sang, they started staring at the sun, and then they had to stop. It fell apart when it restarted yeah, yeah. again. Maybe I remember oh that gosh.
2: too. That's remember, embarrassing for that. I
1: kind of had that memory of do you feel loved? So maybe I mixed
0: those twos up, but those twos, those twos. Nothing. Up-
1: nothing was great at that show it was just being there that was um
0: i will tell you that i so i got into the band and i didn't realize they were touring until they were till zoo tv had left america and it turned into Zeropa in europe and i said to my dad like oh my gosh i miss this and he's like well let's go and i was like ha 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 but now as I'm much older and wiser and know my dad that much better, he was not kidding. He would have <laughs> taken me to Europe to see you two. And what a different, where would I be? Right? Still <laughs> there, maybe. i probably, I mean, I'd still be right here, but. <laughs> but who would have I you, know? Have I, have you I ever know.
2: seen a show at that level of just showmanship? and And we were saying the technology and the the staging have you ever seen anything close to that before
1: that's a uh, hard no
0: yeah very i i tried real hard to think if i could answer that question and i've definitely seen stuff where like you know the fan levels the same the band's engagement is like the same but i mean i'm thinking of like maybe bruce or dave matthews band right i mean bruce puts on a of what I've seen, but not it. No, Mm-mm. it's not comparable. Yeah, no, I, mean,
2: I, I do there really is anybody
0: showmanship. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce and Dave, they remain themselves,
1: right? Bruce is kind of hit or miss though, because you never, you know, it's like the set list might work for some people, but it doesn't, there's no way that's going to work for everybody.
0: Right. And I've seen
1: Bruce and it's been a great show, and I've seen him and it's been not a great show because I didn't know anything what. That he was, and I'm a pretty big, solid Springsteen fan. And for me to go to a show, like a three hour show, and I knew three songs that's insane. That's insane. So, or I mean, obviously, you two couldn't do that because I know, I mean, for the most part, I know all of their songs, some B sides and stuff. I don't know, but
2: like Madonna or like Britney Spears put on a show that big, though.
1: Like should I mean I Madara. I haven't
2: seen them either, but I'm I'd imagine that there's a similar like level of a elevated show experience that you get from going to see someone like that too.
0: You know you should how I wonder
2: backup dancers next time you should tell them they need backup dancers.
1: Yeah right? no no. no. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I wonder we had friends that went to see Beyonce the last time they came to the stadium here in Cleveland and I saw pictures and there was definitely platforms that moved and came in and out of this out of the audience and stuff and I'd be interested if that was something of this caliber yeah or not, but not anything that I have personally seen no, I, I mean I just saw Madonna, but I saw her in a2,000 person theater right that was not that was she connected by the fans by literally coming into the seats and sitting with the fans. That was that, not a technology show.
2: Hey Madonna, do you want some of my popcorn?
0: <laughs> yes, please. Apparently she likes warm beer. So
2: well,
0: well, maybe she doesn't like warm beer, but apparently she drinks beer. Oh, because she's yeah. English. She lives in Portugal um, now, so.
1: I think they like I think they like beer in Detroit too though. Yeah, they do like <laughs> beer in Detroit.
2: So <laughs> excuse me. Changing yeah, the subject so a little bit.
1: Your question, though, that to me, it's a hard no. There's, n- I've never seen anybody.
2: Yeah. D- definitely, yeah. I haven't either.
1: I've seen bands with fireworks. <laughs> oh no. I've seen
0: good shows. Oh, seen fireworks, I know. No,
1: I, I mean, I saw the Killers in a small theater that was shockingly good. I mean, they put on a good show, but it, it's not this. By no means is the same caliber. I saw. Elton John a few years ago, and on like an emotional level, man, that show was—I'll never forget. I mean, I was—I was with a group of six people, men and women, and at one point we all just hugged and cried. <laughs> it was nice. like crazy. The, show, the
0: showmanship of a YouTube show is.
1: Yeah, no but, but Elton John has—he has showmanship. Bruce has showmanship. It's just he doesn't—they don't have it all going on at the same time. Right. With my emotional level. That's the other thing. There's a difference between a show and a concert, which yeah. I think right. we touched on this before, but, I mean, when I saw Elton John, it was a concert. Right. Springsteen... The concert. It's mostly a concert, but you two put on a show, and that's a totally different...
0: Yeah.
1: It's choreographed totally
0: and produced in... Yeah. Precise. I've
2: seen Guar before. They put on a show.
1: I'm Gwar sure they do. I'm sure a they do.
2: Different type of show.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So changing the subject a little bit, moving away from live performance, at least my earliest memories of U2 have the implication that they were a political band, that they were making music that was making a political or a social justice statement. And maybe this is a little bit harder of a question to answer, but do you Do you think that they earned that reputation then or that they've continued to earn that now? Do you think they live up to that expectation of being a political band?
0: They actually got that label before they really were. And we talked about this in our war episode that people were calling it a political album and they were a political band. When really their songs weren't political, they were emotionally reacting to the political climate of the world the violence of the politics but they definitely they're passionate and interested in what is happening in the world and they write and play about what interests them and if that happens to be politics in the time then that's what they're gonna play and sing about
1: i think that rewording the question a little is do you mean has bono saved the world yet and <laughs> no but not for not trying yeah. <laughs> right He's he's put a good effort in there. It's just, and that works for me. Like, I mean, I learned about, we've talked about this before, but I learned about Amnesty International. I learned about, you know, the troubles in Northern Ireland. And I mean, maybe I would have organically learned about that stuff anyway, but I definitely knew about, I don't actually remember learning about Northern Ireland in World history class. No, I mean, we, mean it, no, no, you know. So I mean, I think that at some point I would have organically learned about that just because I'm interested in history and stuff. But I mean, I learned about this stuff from you too. I learned about so many things that I would. I don't think that I would have. You know, I and and not just way back when, but I mean, from listening to songs of experience. I mean, I feel like I understood the refugee crisis. So much better by learning from YouTube than I think I would have from just the news and reading the newspaper.
0: Well, it's so interesting that people say they, they're like, I wish they would just sing and stay out of politics. Right. But I just, I still like, I go back to that war thing that like, they're about human right. Right. And treating each other fairly and appropriately. And whether Amnesty International is considered political or not doesn't matter. They are for human rights. Whether or not the age crisis in Africa, like the way to help fix that is through the political channels with funding and stuff. But politics is a way to help fix the human rights problem.
1: Right.
0: So it is interesting that they are often, especially in their shows, commenting on the political climate. But the reason they're commenting on it is not because of the Iran nuclear deal (laughs) or something. It's because people are dying or yeah. being treated unfairly. So, just those bleeding hearts. It is
1: it is we're it's, all it's, it's 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 what it is, I think.
0: More but than I mean, more than politics, it's the bleeding right. Heart.
1: It, I questioned this to our our group of two friends over the years, but I mean, I know what my answer is, but like we we had some political discussion, and it was a political discussion a few years ago, and I have no idea what it was about. I'm sure it was about Trump or something. And you know, we all expressed this same sentiment and I started thinking, you know, what came first the chicken or the egg kind of thing. I mean, I yeah. know my my answer to that is I was raised liberal and again, you two just kind of fell into my existing family and personal beliefs. I don't think that's the case for for everybody. So like the fact that we all are politically aligned. It's just, I always find that interesting. Like it's pretty rare to find
0: a YouTube fan that is not politically aligned with us or the band.
1: Well, they do exist. Yes, there are I think a few of them, but I have a friend who it, it, he's also liberal, but he went to one of the shows at Madison Square Garden for I and E, and he kind of complained about it after the show. Like we go there, and all we hear about is AIDS and El Salvador and it was like Northern three Ireland, songs. and it's like, <laughs> what do you, what did you come here thinking you were gonna what did you expect? Right. Yeah. Have you never heard this music before have you are you new? I mean he's not new. <laughs> no. Um and but... also those songs, it's not the whole show. It's like no. a pretty small percentage of the show. Right. Well, no, there was something and there was not, the middle section that
0: was pretty intense.
1: And not nearly intense like I mean I and E was tame compared to E and I because the political climate had changed
0: Yeah, Visto arrived
1: yeah anyway but I, I still think that's like to me it's like you know just like i don't know showing up at a trump rally and playing one or something like that <laughs> yeah it's like it's totally different
2: <laughs> i've right. uh i recently gotten into reddit for the first time which i've learned was a, a mistake i shouldn't have done that yeah. i'm a really big star trek fan as hillary knows And uh, there are people on the Star Trek Reddit that are just outright being, like, racist. And I'm like, have you seen the show? Like, do you know what this is? (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) that's the opposite of everything that this is supposed to be. I mean, if you want to be racist, I guess you have technically a right to be racist, but you don't have a right then to be a Star Trek fan, right? (laughs)
1: It's
2: It's always surprising when you you think your perception of a thing is the thing, the perception everyone's going to have. And then you meet someone that's just way off mark. Right. So I, that's interesting. So I'm going to amend, I would say that social justice or human dignity is not politics. Politics is a thing, is a tool that we can use to try to improve that. But having a conversation about human dignity is not a, is not a political conversation.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh,
2: So maybe you choose not a political band, but they're a a human dignity band.
0: That's fair to say. Having
2: said all of that. And with uh, Huey Lewis aside, Jenny, you know, the music (laughs) Hillary and I grew up with, Hillary had said before, was a lot of folk music about minor strikes and train wrecks and stuff. And I feel like that also is music that has a focus on human dignity at its core as well. Maybe this is a a dark question to ask, and you don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Do you think music that focuses on that can fix society's problems? Like Hillary had said, Bono hasn't saved the world yet. Do you think that he could?
1: No. uh, Right now, I... I, I, (laughs) But, I mean, he is for some
0: people. He's saving the world for...
1: he yeah, millions of people. Millions yeah. of people. I think that he could, in terms of getting his message across, you know, the more like we so I we went to Ireland, I went with Jenny and our other garden tart, Amanda, and like right before we went, there was a, a thing about you could you could buy a well in Africa for a thousand dollars. And I get on the plane heading to Ireland to go and drink, basically, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to roam the streets and drink. And I could have built several wells off of that trip. And it really, like, Jenny went to a wedding and um, Amanda and I <laughs> sat in a bar for, like, three days Um <laughs> And that came up like many times in that conversation. Like, what the hell are we doing? Like this is great and everything, but we could have used this money to buy a well that would have given a thousand people like fresh water in yeah. Africa or whatever. I mean that said, for all you know, I also did that. I I didn't, but I mean <laughs> that's not really anyone else's business, what you know, my charity as I say that the same for the band. When people criticize, you know, well, is trying to save the world, but he also spends, you know, two months a year in St. Barts or whatever. Well, you don't know. He could be spending all of his money to save the world and, you know, is living in a hut in St. Barts or something. I don't think that's really <laughs> accurate. No, I think he has enough money to do both. He can do both. And that's it's smart. none of our business what he does with his money. But that said, my thought process on going to Ireland and, and not building a well was, um I mean, that is part of, that is how you save the world. I mean, like one person at a time to have that awareness. Well, Think yeah. about that. The amnesty
0: campaigns. I mean, cause we talked about this before that because of YouTube, you two I learned about Amnesty International and started writing letters. And the more you communication you get from Amnesty, the more you learn that the more you write, the more people are freed. And, you know, there's, there's numbers that I don't know off the top of my head. After the conspiracy of Hope Tour promoting, it was a awareness campaign for amnesty. Their numbers increased significantly, letter writing increased significantly, and prisoners of conscience were freed. So, like, saving the world isn't, if you don't look at it as all of humanity, but as one life at a time. Yeah. It's dozens of lives at a time, or thousands of lives at a time, like... I think that's a pretty that's a job well done for a tour or for music or for right. like some liner notes <laughs>
1: with right an it's address in notes. them. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it, it's so uh, hard
2: to be to be hopeful these days when it comes to things like human dignity and social justice and politics, but that. You know That's a really good point. I went through a phase, and I think a lot of people did a few years ago, where the idea, you know, I'm not a musician, but I produce a lot of creative input that sometimes gets in front of people as comedy. And I hope that comedy also that I write also has human dignity at at its core. And just the idea that we could change anything or that satire was like a thing that could have an impact. And it, it's sometimes hard to to remember that it can. But if you, if you make a song that moves someone in some totally irrelevant and kind of pop culture way and it makes them tap their foot up and down while they're listening to it, but then they go to your website or they go to your show or they watch an interview of you and you say, this is a real problem in the world and this is a thing that all of us could do to try to make it better, you can have a really big impact on people's lives. Of course. That, that's a that's hopeful true. thing. I think that's an important thing to do.
0: Bono likes to say that he... I mean, you 2 from the beginning, this is how they got out of there. This is how they convinced themselves that it was worth being in a rock and roll band while also being committed Christians, was that they could use the platform for good. Yeah. And he has always said that his celebrity is currency.
2: Yeah.
0: And that he can use it. It's, you know, if you can use that so far. Pays to advertise. But if you can use that currency as money to spread the word about something or to get in front of a politician or a decision maker. It's a big deal.
1: It is. It is. It is. And our dad said to me one time... Years ago, though they say there's no shortlist, apparently Bono was on the shortlist for the Nobel Peace Prize. Our dad said, you know, he really earns that. That's not his job. No. You know, like Obama got it and absolutely worthy, should have gotten it, but that's his job to do. And Bono's job is not to do that. And for him to work towards, you know, peace is... He's volunteering to do that. It's totally yeah. different than Obama getting or Jimmy Carter. or Right.
0: Someone who's already in that field. Yeah. yeah, Working the with field. the world.
2: That makes me feel good. That makes me feel a little bit more hopeful. I think it is possible for people to still have an impact on the world in a positive way.
1: Right. The other thing, though, is, I mean, you always want to have hope, but I don't always have hope, but I still try to move in the right direction.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah, that's just my end thoughts
0: on that one. Hey there, listeners. If you're a YouTube fan, you are more than likely aware of the work that Bono has done and continues to do in Africa. It's amazing work, and the exciting thing is you can get involved too. There are two simple ways. One, Go to one.org and sign up to fight against extreme poverty. Two, visit red.org to shop. What? Shopping helps? It sure does. By purchasing red-branded products, you are contributing to the Global Fund, which supports HIV AIDS grants in many African countries. As your man says, where you live should not decide whether you live or whether you die. So head on over to one.org and red.org to join the Garden Tarts in doing our part to end AIDS.
2: So the last question I have, and this is weirdly bringing us full circle because we started by talking about the Jetsons, <laughs> is um, what would you like to see from the future of do you Do you think of uh, them still going on tour like the Rolling Stones are in Jaggers in his mid-70s? What what would you hope to see that from from these guys in the future?
1: Well, I have a prepared response for this one. I actually <laughs> prepared. I remember reading an interview with Mick Jagger from when he was in his 20s or 30s or something. And they say, where do you see the future of the Rolling Stones? And he said, I don't know, but I'll tell you, I will be doing this when I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> and again, he's Surprise! 76. <laughs> so Springsteen is in his 70s, Sting's in his 70s, Bonham's on his sixty, and none of them seem to be close to slowing down anytime. You two, I mean, I don't know what how much of this is fact and, and rumor, but I'm pretty sure it's fact. But that they are currently in contract negotiations for another 10-year contract, which will put them at 70, or at least put Adam and, and Bonham at seven. Yeah. But, I mean, they're going strong. I mean, like, this past tour blew my mind. Just, like, Bono, the control of Bono's voice that he has now. I don't, I mean, at least on new songs. He's never had control of his voice th- like he does now. Mm. on. I'm saying on new songs. But, I mean, they don't seem like they're slowing down to me. I mean, I'd like to see them keep going as long as they can. I'm not ready to retire, so... There's an energy with the band on stage that they've never had before. they never had. I they mean, never had.
0: And I remember okay. seeing them, I guess it was on the, I guess the e and I, E stage. And I remember saying to myself, or I don't know who I said it aloud to, that that something was happening there. Like the new yeah. album is happening on that stage. Whatever and, is happening. And then Bono said it since then. But I would like for it to go on the record. Right. That I had that as my own thought. <laughs> before oh, you- yeah.
1: Yeah. The- from so, I wasn't imagining
0: things, obviously. His
1: something the connection, happening. the connection that they have over the past two tours, it's like it, it's magic. It's something, it, it's different it's something new. Yeah. And like, so you, you're to me saying that's instead really, of
2: them continuing to go strong, that they're getting better.
1: Yeah.
0: As and the, musicians the, and as is, a band as a whole, yes.
1: Yes. And the odd thing is that I feel like Bono said that a million years ago. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, the Joshua Tree or whatever. And he's just like, nah, yeah. you know, we're we're moving forward. Like, we're just going to get better. And, and I don't think that's always been the case because they did have a few duds. You can't be perfect all the time. You no, know, but, I mean, there were, it was a good... 10, 15 years where even though the shows were great, I still felt that they weren't all in it. They faltered a little bit. I mean, Holy crap. This past tour was the best tour I've ever seen. It was unbelievable.
0: Uh, I continue next to 10 years. I expect a lot of new music. I expect better and more exciting shows. I expect them to continue to expand in other venues like the, the XM radio. I feel like it's just the beginning of ways they're going to put themselves out there. You know, I expect everything.
1: Yeah. I just, you know, I think that, you know, maybe think about just staying healthy and
0: It's a really it off, good, yeah. Yeah.
1: Keep it off the booze and maybe be entirely cigarette free and don't break anything or require robot part or maybe
0: stay out of the hospital that would be a yeah any yeah. major
1: health incidents and the other three should do that too yes <laughs> they keith, should keep up keith richards up. is
2: still doing all of that stuff apparently and he's fine so what, well
1: the other well, three should like just like keep on piece. doing what they've been doing the the other three should just our, keep our it up very fragile <laughs> <laughs> um so can i can we ask you some questions jeremy
2: oh sure Okay, I wasn't prepared um, for that. I just saw it at the bottom, but I'll do my best. It,
1: it was in the workbook.
2: I didn't look at the bottom of the workbook until just now.
1: okay, so Jenny, do you you had the first question. So I was thinking about how
0: I would be driving since I'm the older sister, I would be driving my younger sister to and from school all the time. and I just had the Oxy Baby cassette in the car and it would just you know flip itself. And just keep going and she would holler at me like, I can't stand in this car anymore. So I'm curious about, this is kind of two questions together, like your first exposure to U2 and what was that like or how was that influenced by having a U2 fan sister?
2: I also, my earliest U2 memories are probably from Hillary driving me around in yeah. the old, what was that car, that old brown car mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the chevy citation
2: thank you yes the earliest song i can remember
1: which didn't have a cassette cassette player i had like a little cassette radio like boombox thing in the car (laughs) and that's how i played music in that car Uh, i don't remember that (laughs) yeah i had no cassette player
2: and you wouldn't have been driving me to school
1: because we never went
2: to the same school
1: no, but I drove you to, you were safety patrol. <laughs> that's right, I was in safety patrol. And at you some were. point, with Jeremy, at some point, our parents were just like, yeah, we're done. He's yours.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened.
1: That's exactly what happened. I got a kid. I remember signing your report card one time. I chaperoned a trip to the War Memorial Museum or something like that. Like I, I remember that. Yeah, well, my so parents that, were just like we've we're done. But we were just... done with
2: me pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> I raised so here. The
2: earliest song I remember hearing though was definitely Sunday Bloody Sunday, and I remember really liking that song and really liking a lot of the music that Hillary made us listen to, but also feeling really strongly like I couldn't let her know uh, that I <laughs> liked her yeah
0: very fair yeah uh
2: just because you know whatever she was into i mean in hindsight for a long time there you were kind of like my mom that's a really good point but we were never really close until our brother the one in the middle uh went away to school he went away to college and then that's when we became like buds
1: so that's the thing though that was when you realized that that we were buds yeah, I think we're, we were, were always but you, you just didn't realize it until Will was gone. I was a grown up, and you were a child. So yeah. believe me. Um, <laughs> that's
2: that's fair. That's fair. Yeah.
1: But uh. but I also would like, in my own defense, I've never been totally you two absorbed in the car. I always had a, a mixtape going on. I never played like I mean not. not Often, maybe every so often, I play a full album through, but most of the time I had all kinds of stuff going on. But and I, I listen I, to the Beatles way more than I listen to you two, always
2: fair. except for yeah. The Long and Winding Road. We never got through that song.
1: You're gonna hate that song. <laughs>
2: it. It's a really good song. I like that song.
1: Yeah. So stupid. Um, I don't even see the point of that song. Why does it even exist?
2: It's good. <laughs> but to answer that up, question, up,
1: up, up. that's it. <laughs> Go ahead.
2: To, to answer. Uh, your question, Jenny. I think growing up with our, and our dad's the same way. I think I owe a lot of the deep emotional connection I have to music to Hillary, Uh, just because that was a, a priority for her was being exposed to music, discovering music, listening to music a lot. And I, that's still how I live my life today. And, you know, partly from our dad, too, but I think mostly from Hillary, just because she was technically then, I guess, in hindsight, my mom for a long
1: time. <laughs> yeah. But we were buds. We used to do all kinds of stuff. I was friends yeah. with your friends, even though yeah. they were, like, way younger than me, and they probably thought <laughs> I was a mom.
2: We did look older then than you do now, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think at that point, I actually started to try to look younger around then. It was, like, middle school and high school that I tried to look old. At that yeah. point, I realized maybe I'm getting old and I should take it down. <laughs> remember that time I got you a pair?
2: I do remember that. <laughs> and the time that you um, I blackmailed you into giving me your copy of OK Computer?
1: I, like, I drank too much and I couldn't drive <laughs> and before I went out. <laughs> oh, no. And, she, and I'm like, I think I need you to drive me out. <laughs> Jeremy's like, you gotta give me something, uh, and I've ne- I never replaced it, and I have nothing Radiohead on my phone whatsoever.
2: Well, that's not my fault anymore. <laughs>
1: no, it's not. But it, it's I, I'm proving a point. Okay, so Jeremy, well, tell us about your your One U Two show. What were your um moments? And I know the big moment because you and Will have the same big moment. Has nothing to do with You Two. Oh, having a they-
2: beer, having a beer with my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I, they had a good at,
1: beer together. And
2: I'm, and I'm 40 now, but I was late into my 30s when we went to the show, and I don't think I'd ever shared a beer with my brother before.
1: Oh, that's really sweet. a nice time. And the three of us had never been to a concert together. That's amazing. I've been to concerts with both of my brothers, and I think my brothers have been to concerts together.
2: Yeah, I went to see Dave Matthews' band with Will, on New Year's Eve at the Hampton Coliseum.
1: I was supposed to be there, but I ditched to go to Dublin.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I went because I never would have voluntarily gone to see Dave Matthews Band on New Year's yeah. Eve.
0: But... I
1: totally bailed on that show. Yeah. Was that the New Year's Eve in Dublin that I was at, or the one no. before? That was uh, New Year's 97, 97, nine, 98? 96, 90, 96, 97. Oh, 96,
0: 97, Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I was there end of ninety-six.
2: Yeah, um, we should do that again. I'll answer the question. But yes, we all three of us need to do that again, desperately for something. The big moments from that show, I, you know, when it was a Joshua Tree show and when they started where the streets have no name, that I immediately became far more emotional than I thought I had the capacity to become in that type of situation. Uh, that was uh, an amazing experience. And just everyone it was just so much energy, and there were so many people. I've never seen a show even close to that scale before, and it was uh, that was a, a magical experience. I will remember forever, I'm sure. Uh, and I, you know, I I don't get teary eyed often or easily. That's not true. Nowadays, I do constantly, but back then, I wasn't. Uh, I just got really emotional in a way that I wasn't expecting at all. It was great.
0: Yeah, really bites Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean I think the emotional mo- my emotional moment I always have one emotional moment at a U two show, but my moment there was wasn't it was watching you when they came out to Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah. And it was the look on Jeremy's face was like I forgot why I was here. <laughs> and I mean
2: we had been there for like three hours already.
1: Like all the time, yeah. Yeah. And but his mouth like open, Like it was just like <gasps> and like that look <laughs> on his face was like, oh I cried I did cry. Yeah. I wanted to take a picture, but I couldn't I couldn't get my shit together i was so emotional <laughs> with will I, I didn't really give because he's i think he's seen them five times or like he's seen them on a good number more than your average more than your average person goes to see you yeah. two show
2: i don't think it's common at least for a lot of folks to to have that type of reaction in a totally unexpected way <laughs> like if i'm yeah. if i'm gonna become emotional i usually know that when I'm going to do the thing that's going to make me emotional. I don't know what I expected to feel at that show, but what I felt was so much more than what I had anticipated uh, in a really terrific way. It was a wonderful experience. Thank you for bringing me. I
1: really appreciate it. No problem. I'm still paying off that credit card. (laughs) (laughs) So another moment though, that I, I remember from that show and I don't know if you if you remember this at all, but I think it was the in God's country. We stood at the at the spot for yeah. God's country, which is how I knew that was an okay spot. Bonner stood right in front of us, and I, Jeremy was, and I don't know if you even realized, it, but Jeremy was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like he literally, we were face to face. Yeah, face to face. We were, you know, but shoes well, to enough. face. With Bono, and he stood right there in front of us, and Jeremy's reaction was just like audible. And I think you did say it like, "Oh shit!" Like, (laughs) like that's that guy. They know how to work a crowd. Yeah, but also, I mean, for you to see your first YouTube show, like you saw it, like there's no, you can't touch that. You know, just where we were and everything. That you probably shouldn't go see him again, just (laughs) say.
2: Well, three of us can go see somebody else.
1: No, we'll probably go see them again. Yeah, but we'll—it'll be a different, you know, experience. Okay, so last question, Jeremy: If you had the opportunity to sit down and have whiskey and cake with Bono, what would you ask him? Or would you prefer to sit down and have whiskey and cake in conversation with another member of the band, which is okay too? We wouldn't. We choose. We choose not to do that. But <laughs> I you would say no. I wouldn't but, say no, but if I had the choice,
0: yes, it would be
2: more. Edge seems like he's a cool dude, though, right? Are you
1: kidding at this point. Yeah. Edge? The edge. Yeah, but he. We would have sake with him.
2: Oh Sochi my gosh. This is whiskey S- and cake. Saki and sushi with the edge, though. Stupid you know, I think I'd, I'd ask Bono a little bit. I, you know, just from a, a industry perspective, I guess I think it'd be interesting. To get his take on his journey as the same questions I ask you guys, really, his journey as a a member of a band and what he thinks their secret is to the amount of success they've had, why they persisted. I would hope that I could get some more, you know, have a conversation with him that would leave me feeling even more hopeful about what he thinks he can do to change the world. I would also like for more people to be able to change the world. I think the world needs a lot of change really, really fast. And uh, if he feels like he's doing it, I would love to hear him talk about how he's doing that, what other things he could do or what other things I could do, what other things you could do, what other things we're all doing. Because uh, it just seems like there's so much work to do. And we don't get a lot of good news these days. Um, but he seems hopeful. And you guys seem hopeful. And I, I hope to be hopeful, too. So that's what I would ask him. Should I be more hopeful than I than I am right now, Bono?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good question.
0: Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I'm we don't this. have to I mean we that, don't you know, have to answer knows... that
1: question for this episode, right, Jenny? We've answered enough questions.
0: No, we don't have to answer
1: yeah, that question. Okay. And
0: we don't have to ask him a question. Bono a question. This episode. I mean, that's
1: what I'm saying. Or we don't have oh, to
0: ask would, the question to... what
1: would we ask Bono? <laughs> but that was a good answer. Too. Just ask him,
0: would he like some more whiskey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I and is he, going, and is he, he gonna very finish very nice his steak. slice of cake?
2: And, and also right? very good.
1: Cake. Well, so we are you gonna to finish, finish that? <laughs> are we, are we gonna eat that cake? Cause we're, we, so, we still we've been you you get food. We've been waiting outside for 20 yeah. years. <laughs> for 20 years. <laughs> Way more than that.
2: <laughs> I'd also ask if he could help me with my student loan payments. That'd make me you know a little bit
0: more hopeful.
1: Okay. You might just not want to flat out ask him that, but yeah.
0: get a few say, whiskeys in.
1: Yeah, a you few whiskeys a in, whiskey and whiskeys say, in. "Man, I'd I'll, love to I'll, go see you in concert more, but I have these student loans. But i well." He might say, um, "Here's
0: some tickets." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know the loans, but here's some tickets.
2: <laughs> much, much easier thing for him to accomplish.
1: Oh my he God. can't even get free tickets. <laughs> no. He's like, Here's a form you can fill out, and you don't have to pay the Ticketmaster fees. So that's. Oh, like I one that more question, question though. Master? I would want to ask him. I want to ask would. him
2: what's the best green room he's ever been in in the world.
1: Oh. He. Well, they make their own green rooms these days, so...
2: Or what, do they have, like, a trailer?
1: Depends on the venue, what they have yeah. available.
0: But I'm sure over the years there's been better accommodation. I mean, they ask for a space and certain items, but I'm sure... Well, they let me just say,
1: in terms of a hospitality room, everyone's been to better hospitality <laughs> rooms than we've been to on U2's dime. They're not it's not anything to write home about. No. So I've been in two hospitality
0: rooms. I've been in U2's and I've been in Dave Matthews. And Dave Matthews is like Buckingham Palace with a fridge of any drink you want and all the Pirate's Booty you could ever want to eat. Uh-huh. And there's curtains and drape and it's beautiful. And U2's is like the rec center party room that they forgot to put the tablecloths down. And they grabbed some pretzels out of the back. M and M's. Because they forgot, someone had to run the Costco real quick and get the pretzels. Yeah. And
1: it's not even like chicks mix.
0: No. It's like
1: M and M's and pretzels
0: and quirky uh, wine. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that's not unless true. you're in Dublin. That, that Dublin's that, a different story. Yeah. I, in my experience, the higher up room you get, the worse it is in U2 yeah. world. Yes. Except in Dublin, that's a different. That it's was a different, different game. Yeah. Entirely. I don't know. Noel Gallagher talks about how it's like their hospitality stuff is like the best stuff ever. And I'm just like, what room are you going to? Because. Well, he's like, I don't think I know, he's, he's but I...
0: Hospitality. I think he's in like his own green room
1: (laughs) well i know but i mean i was one time in as big as you get you two hospitality room and it's still what and it was worse than the public one than the big one like it was i don't even know room yeah like it was like a scrap of carpet and (laughs) like come on i mean um, it is interesting especially
0: when they're at arenas because these these are sports venues
1: yeah, so they yeah they're gross work. and
0: stinky. Uh, I don't know. That Dave Matthews one, that was a Soldier Field. That was beautiful.
1: And I'm not uh, – well, they ha- we went Virginia Beach. They had a little hospital, but it was outside. Yeah. It was like a little park. Oh, yeah, that was cute. For- for Dave Matthews, that was nice. The well, one in
0: Cleveland was beautiful, yeah.
1: Park outside, yeah. That said, I'm I I so honored, and I would go to, yeah, I, I again, I go if their hospitality room was. I'm not complaining, I'm just commenting. No, commenting. It's interesting that I would go to
0: them if they were in, like, at the dumpster in the back alley.
1: Right. But in the fanciest one I was, there were no snacks. Oh. There wasn't even a bar. There was an attendant who would go get you a drink and come back an hour later. Interesting. And then you order three drinks and um, hope yeah. for the best. And then hope that the pe- other people that ordered their drinks aren't going to drink them. So drink <laughs> all the drinks. <laughs> and you, then you finish that <laughs> and then you become a smart ass and it, it all happens
2: well yes. thanks for answering all my questions
1: thank you for taking us for time. asking us yeah. and yeah, thanks for being a, a listener and a participant in our yeah adventure. we really Long-time kept a listener first time
2: caller you know first time caller
1: <laughs> yeah anyway well this was great thank you for listening loyal listeners yeah um, we will be back before you know it with an episode rattle
0: on
1: Rattle and Hum. Wish us luck. Yes. It's yeah. going to be fun. I think Rattle and going to be
0: tons of fun. It's just getting the... You have finding time to listen and watch the movie. But we're going to be awesome.
1: I, I also feel like... <laughs> we're going to have fun. It's not... I mean, obviously, it's not a coincidence, but I still feel like we're in Joshua Tree mode. Yeah. I feel like Joshua... It's been like six months that all we've been doing is Joshua Tree, whether it's actually... The Joshua Tree or the tour are now rattling, huh? Yeah. Which is the
0: Joshua Tree tour.
1: Yeah, so I, I will be very excited when we get to Octum Baby. I kind of want to start that now, but I have to do Rattling Home first. You've got to make a workbook first. That'll be easy. Don't start the Octum Baby workbook until you finish your Rattling Home <laughs> research. <laughs> I really want to. <laughs> I want to go right into it right now. <laughs> but I won't. I'll finish Rattling Home first. Okay. I'll send it really to you. Really beautiful You're...
2: workbook, though.
1: She does such a good job. Thank you. The Rattle and Hum workbook. And that this one took me five minutes today to do. The right. Rattle and Hum workbook literally took me a month to finish. Well, it's very
0: complicated. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of moving parts.
1: And then, like, I put on there, just for our notes, like, not all the songs are original songs. And you yeah, have right. to put notes and then locations for the live songs and stuff. So it was quite a... And some are on the album, and
0: some are on the vi- movie, and some are both. Yeah. So... Well, anyway, this was tons of fun. Thank you for joining us again, Jeremy. Thank you,
1: Jeremy. Well, thanks for um, having uh, me. I had a
0: good time. Yeah,
1: we'll, um, we'll come up with more content in the future for you to participate. Any,
2: anytime, anytime. Our,
1: bro- our other brother actually asked to participate in two different, very specific podcasts. which really we've surprising. already done. Well, yeah, no, he wants to do pop, and then he wants to do one where we... Talk about our adventure in DC. Because oh, that'd he be there. fun. He was with there. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. And he'll, I feel like he'll maybe
0: ground us a little bit <laughs>
1: <laughs> as he did that day. Uh, well, I don't, I,
0: at some point I forgot he was even there.
1: <laughs> can you imagine that, Jeremy? The first time we met Bono was with Will.
2: That's insane. Yeah, You know, that's one of the things you can say about Will is he's very grounding most of the time when you need someone to be grounding. And sometimes you don't need anyone to be grounding.
1: No, that's exactly right. We we did kind of... No, not really. But, I mean, there was a point where he wasn't grounded either. He was freaking out. Yeah. yeah. We were. Yeah, that's a good story. And I think we need to rehearse it before we tell it. But... will really wanted to be. be He I was would, part that of it. That would be so fun. I, yeah. That would be fun. Also, he has a, you know, he has a totally different outlook on that than Oh my gosh, I would love to hear his version of that. Of yeah. That. Especially, you know, when we were in that bar. <laughs> 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 God damn it. God damn it. We'll it was, talk about that later.
2: Not to spoil the story, but we, we, this was in DC. I don't remember this.
1: You were in high school.
2: Yeah, was it in a?
0: Okay, I'll just wait it, for the episode.
1: you will have to tell you later. Yeah, no. It was in '97. I'll tell you later. You don't have to wait for the episode, but we don't want to ruin it for yeah. listeners. But Will wanted to go to the show with me, and it was a a big deal. Also, we had a rule where we'll talk more about it. But poor Will, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He was a sport. He was he a just, good sport,
2: and he it paid a good off.
1: Sport. And he, had a, he dealt with a lot that weekend.
2: I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I know some details, but not a whole lot.
1: I don't think he... I hope he still has that picture hanging up somewhere. Because he's got a really good picture. I'm sure he's got it. I have yours on my
0: wall. Oh, You're on my wall of Bono's. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I don't
1: have a wall of Bono's.
0: Mine just kind of evolved.
1: I should. I have enough to make a wall. I just don't have it's one. It's a little crazy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. Okay well um, we should say good night yes we should thank you jeremy thank you again for this was wonderful
2: thanks for having me good night guys yeah good night
1: good night also we
0: love hearing from people and chatting with people and of course we love talking you too so you can drop us a line on instagram or twitter at the underscore garden tarts. Or you can even email us at wearethegardentarts at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. If you enjoy this podcast, we would love it if you would share it with your other YouTube-loving friends, as well as leave a review for us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. We would really, really love that. May your music be loud and your whiskey be strong.
1: Until next time, cheers.